Anyway, it's so good to see everybody here this morning. Um, we're just really pleased that you're here. It's a wonderful morning, isn't it? Cloud cover, and, and the Lord's given us a beautiful morning. So we're just very thankful that you are all here. We're also thankful for those who can join us online. And uh, we're, we're just uh, very thankful for you as well. If you would, if you would turn your Bibles to the book of Joshua. And we are going to be in chapter 6, looking at the first five verses. So Joshua 6, verses 1 through 5. And while you're turning there, there's just a few things that I want to uh, just uh, mention. That One, we will probably be outside uh, through August. You know, that's what we're planning on to Labor Day weekend. And so um, if you would like to... As we continue to sit up before and after services and do some cleaning and, and setting up things for the services, if you would like to help with that or with uh, some greeting, you can go to that table that's over there at the entrance there, and you can sign up for that through the, uh, the uh, month of August. But we're just really blessed that people do that, and, um, and so we're very thankful for that. And so that's there for you. Also, one thing that I asked that you would do this week, the youth is going to go up for their uh, retreat up in Estes Park this week. And so I asked that you would be praying for them as, as uh, Pastor Luke takes that group up it's, and um, that the Lord would be working in their lives. And so um, they would really appreciate your prayer. And, and, um, and I know that they're all looking forward to that going up there. And, and because they're going up there, I just want to also mention, too, that there will not be high school, middle, middle school groups for the next two weekends. So the high school group will meet again on August 14th. That's a Friday from 6 to 8. And the middle school is on August 15th. And that's a Saturday from 6 to 8 here at the church. Pastor Jeff will be back next week continuing his study in the book of Matthew. So invite somebody else. Or invite somebody out. And so, anyway, everybody, hopefully, that's all I've got to say about those things. You should be in Joshua chapter 6. In the first five verses, read this. Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and its mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go all around the city once. This you shall do six days. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout. Then the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, every man straight before him. And Father, we do look at this, Lord, and we know that you are a God who is mighty, who works on behalf of us. And Lord, as we look at this account, as we look at this story, Lord, I just pray, Father, that we would be able to look and see your faithfulness, that your spirit would talk to us and speak to us these things that you have for us so we thank you so much that you care about everything that we go through and that you desire to speak to us this this morning so lord may this place this holy place 
be one that you are speaking to our hearts in a very special way. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the things that I really love about summer is that my wife and I will take trips, and we usually try to hit a, a national park. And last summer, we went to Glacier National Park. It's a beautiful place. It's up in northern Montana by the Canadian border. And after our trip, we needed to go south and get onto an interstate in northern uh, Montana. There's mainly two uh, lane highways. And, and so we were going to go see my sister. And so after uh, being in the park, we're, we were going south. I, I was looking at a map and um, kind of studying it because there's this big lake that you got to get around. And there's different ways to get around that to get to the interstate that would take us to Idaho. And so we're heading south. And my wife puts on Google Maps. And you guys know Google Maps and the lady that talks to you. Well, I, I, I was taking a certain turn thinking, I know where I'm going. And so I turned this certain way. And the lady on Google Maps was upset with me about that. And she didn't like the way that I was going. And so she's trying to correct me. I, I call her the lady with, you know, the lady. And so she's, she's trying to get me corrected and stuff. And, and so I start getting frustrated. And I'm saying, no, and that's not the way. You know, I, I named her the lady with an attitude that morning. And so, and so I'm trying to get turned around. And she's, you know, trying to correct me. And so I start arguing with her. And I'm arguing with the lady on Google Maps, and I'm saying, no, no. And, and my wife is going, honey, she's not real, OK? This isn't a real person. And so um, you, know, you don't need to argue with her. And it ended up that the lady with the attitude was right, and I was wrong. But we got out of there. And it seems like the days that we're in today, right, that there's a lot of obstacles, and we can seem like we're just going in circles and going in circles. I love the book of Joshua. It's such a practical book, and it gives us just these wonderful pictures of our Christian life. And, and we know one of those pictures that we come to is in our Christian, that we can relate to our Christian life is the story of Jericho. And most of us, I think all of us, have heard about the story of Jericho. Maybe when you were in Sunday school that you sang songs about Jericho. And because the Bible is true, this just isn't a story, but it's a historical, it, uh, uh, it was historically true. And, and if you, you know, you've had archaeologists who have found the remains of that city of Jericho. This is about 1400 BC uh, here in chapter 6 of Joshua. And those archaeologists have found the remains of the massive walls that were up. And they even found ash in the bricks, which you would expect because it says there in verse 24 that they burnt the city. And so one of the things that archaeologists believe with the walls that were there, that of course they were massive, but they were about 30 and 40 feet tall. The city, they believe, was about 10 to 12 acres. And so you had this massive wall around there. Some archaeologists even believe there was maybe even two walls that went around. And so it would be an extremely intimidating um, uh, fortress for any invading army that would come there. And the children of Israel, as they come into the land of Canaan, into the land that's promised to them, it's very important that they take 
the middle part of the country. That's where Jericho is. It's in the middle of Canaan. And it's important that they take that uh, Jericho in the middle section of the land of Canaan so they can cut off the city-states in the north from the city-states in the south. And that way they wouldn't be able to join forces against them. But really, the taking of Jericho isn't their battle. It's not their battle. Just like our, as Christians, our battle isn't against flesh and blood or against principalities and against, you know, our, that's what our battle is. It's against principalities and powers against the rulers of darkness and against spiritual hosts of wickedness. And so here's Joshua. And he's told, you know, Moses has died. And we look at, you can look at chapter 1, and, and Moses is gone, and Joshua's raised up as, as the leader. And he, the Lord comes to him and says, I'm giving you your inheritance. I'm giving you your territory, that that belongs to you and the nation. So just as I was with Moses, and here's the thing, it's the same thing with us. I am going to be with you. And he says that observe and do all according to the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Don't turn from the left and don't turn from the right from those things. Let the book of the law, or what he was saying, let the word of God, let that, you know, don't let it depart from your mouth and meditate on it day and night. And observe, observe and do according to all that is written in it. In other words, be obedient to what I would have for you. And you're going to have good success, he would tell Joshua. And he tells us as well. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Be strong and of good courage. Be strong and of good courage. Be strong and of good courage. And so it's not their battle. It's the Lord's battle. And God says to Abraham, you know, back in Genesis 15, 16, that the iniquity of the Amorites have not yet come full. And God is using Israel as a chastening rod, and it's his battle against the land of Canaan. It's his program to give the children of Israel the land as promised in the covenant given to Abraham. And it is God who goes before them. So as we look at chapter 6 again, we see that it starts out, um, now Jericho was securely shut up because the children of Israel, none went out and none came in. So they come to this place after a miraculous crossing of the Jordan River. And, and it was a real miracle here after 40 years of spiritual dryness in the wilderness, of, of being in the wilderness because of unbelief and not trusting in the promises that God had to him. That generation is gone now. So Joshua is standing with two million people on the east side of the Jordan River, and they've got to get across to get enter into the land of Canaan. And you can imagine those two million people. Now the river we see there in Joshua chapter 3, it's full. It's flood stage. It's about a mile, a mile and a half wide at this time. Two million people standing there wondering how they're going to get across. You know, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 5, 7, that we walk by faith and not by sight. Hebrews 11:1 1 tells us that faith is the substance, substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. 
and the Lord would tell Joshua, Joshua, you get the priest, you get the Ark of the Covenant, you have the priest step in the water. And they would do that. They would step in the water and the Lord would stop the flow of the Jordan River. The thing is, he would stop at 20 miles up river. He would heap up the water and the river would quit flowing all the way from 20 miles upstream where they were, all the way down to the Dead Sea. And they would be able to cross over on dry land. And in our lives, the Lord will work in ways that we don't know how he's gonna work. And maybe he's working in ways that you can't see what he's doing. They couldn't see him heaping the water up 20 miles away. And there are times in our lives where he's heaping up, you know, the water for us or heaping up things and we can't see what's going on. So they cross over, they come to a place called Gilgal, just outside of Jericho. And they set up their memorials to remember the miraculous crossing. And they went through the process of circumcision, the cutting away of the carnal nature. And they celebrate Passover, remembering the blood of the land. And now Jericho stands in front of them with those big, massive walls. And verse 1 says, now Jericho. You know, a picture that we get here of going, the children going into the, to the land of Canaan, the land of promise, is not a picture of, of heaven, as some Sunday school songs have said, of us going into heaven. It is a picture of God's people, them, um, people of Israel, coming into the land that was promised to them. And even though it was promised to them, they come into this place, they, they come into a place of promise and a place of rest and a place of inheritance. And they are told, you take your territories, you take that what I have come to you. When they come into this place where they can experience the fullness of what God has for them, they're still gonna have their battles. They're still gonna have their giants that they have to contend with. And here they have their, these big, massive walls. And as we come into, uh, into the life of, of believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, and even though we come into a place of rest and a place of living in his promises, that we have an inheritance for us in Christ, and we have those spiritual blessings that are ours, and he gives us our boundaries. And he gives us our territories. He has something special still in the days that we live that he wants you to do. The church isn't gone. The church is still here. We're still here. The Lord has something for all of us to do. Something that only you can do. We're not like the unsaved who wander around this planet trying to figure out what life and everything is all about. And as we enter into, in, enter into the things God has set aside before us, when we enter the Christian life, we're still going to have our battles. And we're still going to have our giants to contend with. And we were going to have our big, massive walls. Chapter 6 says, now Jericho. And for many of us, maybe 2020 has been a Jericho kind of year, hasn't it? And we have these walls and all of us look around and we see these walls and we wonder, how are these walls that I am now facing going to be knocked down in my life? How is it that I'm going to move forward? 
And none of us like our Jerichos now. We want our Jerichos later, don't we? Lord, just give me some little things to, to, that I could have victory of, not the big, massive things standing before us. But I think maybe perhaps some of us and all of us that it's now Jericho. We want to say later Jericho, but it's now Jericho. And maybe you've talked to others. I know that we've shared with each other and, and about others about their walls. Some of you have maybe lost your jobs or your businesses are really struggling. Some of you, 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 you younger people that are graduated from high school or college or your young family just starting out and you're wondering, you know, you're raising your kids and you feel like the future's in jeopardy because of all the things that are going on. Maybe that's your big massive wall. Maybe some of you have been experiencing the brokenness of somebody that you love in your life. And I know some of you have suffered loss. Maybe your wall is your marriage. And that wall's been up for a while. Maybe it's your health. And for some of us, it's not just one wall. It's two walls. And maybe those walls that we face they're walls that we have set up ourselves because somebody cut us deeply or we experienced a bad relationship and so we put up these walls because we think that's the only way that we're going to survive this. All of us have our walls and we are the ones that want to say later Jericho. We don't want to be the ones that say, I have my Jericho now. And this is the story showing us that we live our lives by faith and not by sight. It will be faith that will help us to overcome the difficulties of life. And it is faith that we have a different dynamic in our hearts and in our minds than the unbeliever does. Faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. There are those who have little faith because they don't know much about the Lord and his promises. As we grow in his word and the knowledge of Jesus Christ through scripture, as we come to know the things that are ours through Christ, the promises that are given to us, as we live a life in obedience and seek him through prayer, as we look for the things that are above and desire to live a spirit-filled life, the good news for you and me is that we're going to be able to approach our walls differently. And just as the children in Israel and just as Joshua is looking around and he sees nothing but big, massive walls and they wonder, how is this going to work? that we can remember that God is never slack concerning his promises. And so we see there in verse 2, he says, And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and its mighty men of valor. And so there in verse 2, this is known as a prophetic past tense in the Hebrew. The Lord is speaking something that's going to take place as if it's already been done. And the Lord says to Joshua, I've given Jericho into your hand. And you've heard Pastor Jeff say this several times, that 
We're fighting not for victory, but from a place of victory. Joshua, you're going to take the city. But here's the thing. This is how it's going to happen. It's not going to happen by your own strength. It's not going to happen by your own might, but it's going to happen by my spirit. And I'll speak for myself. That's that can fly in the face of my logical need to figure out how to get rid of my walls. And the challenge for you and the challenge for me is to approach our walls and our Jerichos and resting in the fact and believing that God is going to work on our behalf. I've already given you Jericho, Joshua. And there are incredible things that he's already given to us that are already done. He's given us internal life. He's given us every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies. He has given us an inheritance which is incorruptible that does not fade away, reserved for us in heaven. He gives us wisdom and he gives us a new outlook on life. And he's taken us from the past life and he's brought us into his promises. And he's given us his spirit. And his thoughts towards you are thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. We have our Jerichos, all of us do. And whether it's one wall or a double wall, I believe that the Lord wants to take the big things. And he wants to take the most complicated things in our lives. And he just wants to lay it waste in front of us. And my flesh at times just want to scream when God leads us past our resources to a place which is beyond conventional wisdom. I mean, the army of Jericho, you know, of Joshua, they're armed. They've got their ladders. They've got their grappling hooks. They probably have sharpened their spears and swords. They have their practical way of fighting the battle. But there are times when we need God to say, I'm going to intervene in a mighty way. And we know God is the one that wants us to uh, be practical. He wants us to take care of our families. He wants us to take care of our businesses. He, you know, he, he, there's so much in Scripture that is practical instructions on how we are to live our lives what our characters are to be, and how we're, what our responsibility to others are. But there are situations where God calls to trust him and to say, if you trust me, these walls are going to fall down flat. Paul says, tells us in 2 Corinthians 10, 4, for the weapons of our warf warfare are not carnal, but mighty for pulling down strongholds bringing every thought into captivity. He's doing a work in our lives even now, in the days that we live, after a rough year maybe for some of us. We may not see it yet. Lord may be walking, working 20 miles up river, but he's working. And there are things that God wants to have fall down before us, and he wants those things to happen without us saying, Lord, I got a plan. So you get behind me. The Lord wants to have things fall down before us 
without our straining and without our striving and without our sweat. And in my life, there are things that he's still knocking down. There are those things in my life that I have tried to huff and I have tried to puff and they won't go down. And as a believer, he says, if you come to me, if you seek me, if you let me go before you, I'm still in the process of changing your life and conforming you into my image and likeness. If your Jericho is causing you to be anxious, you come to me in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving and let your request be known to me. And I'm going to give you peace which surpasses all understanding that's going to guard your hearts and mind through Jesus Christ. I'm still at work in your life. And for me, I can be so thick-headed. <laughs> just so thick-headed. I'm still learning Jericho 101. And he never gets tired to teach us, does he? He patiently says, I'll tell you again and again. I'll work in your life. I mean, there's just so much tenderness in that in his regard to our walls. So I can look at all that and I think the battle belongs to you now, Lord. I come to you with my Jericho. And so we read in verses 3 and 5, we see the battle plan. We see the battle plan that he writes there. And I believe that Joshua got his battle plan there at the end of chapter 5. When Joshua, he leaves the camp at Gilgal before they, you know, the battle. And he's probably standing there looking at the massive fortress at Jericho. And he runs into the commander of the army of the Lord. Now, this is what we know as, because it's Jesus Christ. It's Christophany, an appearance of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. And so he, he sees them. Joshua falls on his face and it says to the earth and he worshiped up. And the commander of the Lord's army says to Joshua, take your sandals off your foot for the place where you stand is holy. And just a little side note, that even in the midst of an old holy land, a Canaanite land, a pagan land, in the midst of an more of an unbelieving nation, where you're at is still holy ground. We see that wherever two or three are gathered in his name, he is in the midst of that gathering. And so this place, this backyard is holy. Wherever we meet, when we go back inside in the fall, the sanctuary in the building is a holy place. It is now because we have people in there. This is a holy place, even in an increasing unbelieving nation. Because wherever his people dwell, he dwells. So everybody take off your shoes. This is a holy, oh, this is a holy place. Uh, don't do that, kids, okay? So here's the plan. He gets his plan. He goes back. Can you imagine he's with the generals, the warrior types? They've probably been thinking in their head what, what's going to go on. You know, getting their spirits and the swords and their grappling hooks and ladders ready. And, and they come and Joshua comes and they say, okay, what's the plan? What's the plan? Joshua's going, here's the plan. 
We're going to get the Ark of the Covenant. We're going to get the priest with the ram's horn and the trumpets. And they're going to go out, and we're going to walk around the city. And we're going to walk around. We're not going to say anything, and we're going to come back to the camp. And we're going to do that for six days. Can you imagine what those generals are thinking? What? We're going to do that for six days? Yeah, six days. Walk around the camp. Walk around the, the city. Come back to camp. We'll do it the next day. And then on day seven, this is what we're going to do. And they're probably thinking, oh, okay, finally, we're going to do something. It says we're going to walk around it seven times. And after the seventh time, we're going to blow the horns. And when you hear the, when the trumpet is heard, that we're, all the people are going to shout with a great shout, and the wall is going to fall down. Now, can you imagine what those generals are thinking? You know, they're probably their jaws dropped. And they're thinking, really? I mean, he is kind of getting old, you know, getting in his 90s. I don't know about this. You know, this, this plan would have never survived a military briefing or a committee meeting, but what was going to break down the walls was faith. And it says in Hebrews 11.30, by faith the walls of Jericho fall, fell down after they encircled seven days. And the Lord told Joshua, look, walk around. I want you to take a good look at it. Attach my glory to a visible circumstance, a, a seemingly impossible situation. I want the ark to be seen by all, my glory, my presence. And by the time that you've been around those walls 13 times, you're going to know every crack. And you're going to know every facet. And God says, walk around. Take my presence with you. Know the improbability of you solving it on your own. Know every stone on that wall. Every place where the mortar is thin and every place where the mortar is thick. Know the impossibility of the situation and watch me work. And sometimes I'll think, Lord, Chapter 6 just isn't long enough. I mean, you were specific about Joshua and children of Israel and their massive wall that they come up against. But the chapter isn't long enough because you're not specific about mine. It needed to be longer. You needed to talk about my specific situation. And the Lord would say to you and the Lord would say to me this morning, that it is long enough because everyone in our walls falls down the same way. Falls down by faith. That we can have faith that says that he will supply all my needs. Faith that he will never let anything come into my life I cannot bear, but always will make a way of escape faith that he'll pour out our blessings upon our obedience and that we can be confident in the very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ and nothing nothing shall separate us from the love of Christ not life 
or death, nor things present, or things to come, or height, or depth, or distress, or tribulation, or persecution, nor famine, or nakedness, or pearl, or sword. All these things we are more than conquerors, those who, him who loved us. And in our lives there will be tribulations. But be a good cheer, for I have um, uh, overcome the world. And we're overcomers. So we can stand in the solid ground of God's word. We can stand on the solid ground of God's character and his love and his promises that are given to us that are already ours. So now we can go in and we can face our walls. We can face our Jericho. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for this message that you have for us. We thank you, Lord, that you do want to work, work on our behalf, that we already have victory in our lives because we come to you. Lord, help us to remember. Help us remember those things that you have for us in these days that we're in. To face our walls, to face our Jericho, to be able to say, Lord, I don't know how you're going to work. Maybe you're working in a way that I can't see, but Lord, I know you're working in my life so I can have rest. And I can just come to you. And I can give you those things that through my own power I can't do. May we learn that lesson well, Lord. I just ask, Father, that whatever it is that any of us are facing, Lord, whether we need a touch physically or spiritually or or emotionally, Lord, that you would do that touch with us this morning. That, Lord, that you will, and we know that you will go with us wherever we go. We will never be without your presence. So bless everybody here. Lord, may we leave in this place with their joy attached to us because of you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, we're going to